A shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse, and from his roots a bud shall blossom. Hello, this is Father Thomas, and welcome to the Sprouting Stump podcast series, where we reflect on the readings that come to us from the Mass each day. When we take a little time to let the Spirit come upon us, a bud shall indeed blossom in our hearts, so we might be renewed in spirit and strengthened in faith, as we take this time together to enter into that beautiful word that comes to us from God. In today's reflection, Father Thomas explains Jesus' command to his disciples to go without money or bag of provisions or shoes as he sends them forth as a way for them to conquer the temptations of evil, that of possessions, pleasure, and pride, just as he did in the desert. Pride and pleasure. 
Food represents a pleasure, a worldly pleasure, the feel-good things we have. Money represents the possessions that we cling to, and the same must represent the pride. I don't want to get in any way hurt. I don't want to go with the embarrassment, the dirt on my feet. You say, these things you can't take with you. You need to expose yourself and be willing to trust fully in God and your mission. As we go forth into the world, we have to be willing to let go of the comforts of the world. It's hard to preach the message of Christ when we're relying on the things that have nothing to do with God. Money does not save us. Food and pleasure does not save us. Even protection from harm, power, authority does not save us. There's only one thing that saves us, and that is our Lord Jesus. He did carry no money sack, extra food, and he surely did not protect himself from embarrassment and harm. So he sends them out to say, yes, you're going to get hurt. And I don't want you to bring anything with you that's a false security. It's amazing how even as Catholics, after 2,000 years of having Christ teaching our life, we still rely on the same things when things go bad. When finances get tough and we're in the middle of a recession, what do people do? They cling to their money. They cling to their food. They cling to their pride. We don't want to expose ourselves. What do we do when we get hurt in a relationship? We don't want to get into another one because we're afraid we're going to get hurt again. We don't want to ever be embarrassed because heaven forbid we look foolish in front of other people. So we want to make sure we have those things that bring us worldly comforts, security. And Jesus says, they're not for you. He's not saying to always give up food. He's not saying to kids run around hungry all the time or not have to wear any clothes. I would really appreciate it if you did wear clothes to mass. And he's not saying you can't have money in your bank account. But as soon as we start to think these things are going to in any way make our life better, we fail in our mission to be a disciple. As soon as we start worrying about what those things are going to be there tomorrow, we become ineffective at teaching people what it means to walk with Christ. Do you know why he sent out to 72? I didn't know until this morning I cheated and got online. It was one of the times that God called 72 people. It's back in the Old Testament. But he calls Moses, Aaron, and 70 of the elders to come up the mountain. And he was going to teach them the law. So they could go back down from the mountain and spread that law to their people. There were people that could spread that law to the rest of the world. We are that 72 that were called up the mountain. The faithful Catholic is the one that is called up the mountain to receive that beautiful word of God, to have his presence with us so we can go down the mountain, away from God's security, and out into the world trusting that God will keep us from harm in the way that keeps us from surrounding his good news. The last few weeks we've been talking about discipleship, what it means to be a disciple. And one of the messages that's being proclaimed over and over again is we have to recognize that God will never, ever not give to us everything we need to do the work He wants us to do. And if you wake up one day and there's not a single bit of food in your cupboard, God says you don't need it to do my work. If we're in the middle of a recession and our finances go down the toilet and we lose everything we have, God says you don't need it to do my work. If every person who 
wake up suddenly if this light sets, if we have no friends left, God says, you don't make it to do my work. Because you always have me to do my work. And God says, I'm always enough. But thanks be to God, He never makes us go to that situation where we have to have absolutely nothing. But if we have absolutely nothing, we still have absolutely everything. St. Paul says, I rejoice in the cross of Christ. I rejoice, I give thanks, I boast because of my weakness. I boast because I get hurt. I boast because I have nothing. I boast because I'm the loser who everybody else can't stand. The complete opposite of the way the world works. Who boasts in the world? The popular, the rich, the famous. The ones who get to be sumptuous lives, who have all this good stuff. The multiple cars. We have TV shows about who's this, who's that, who has the most this. Food networks and money networks and shopping networks. And Jesus says, there's only one network you need. And no, it's not the EWTN, you know they're going in the right direction. It's the Christ Network. It's a network of Ryan on Jesus alone. And we need to get back to that mentality because we have a world that's struggling to embrace that. People who keep asking, what's in it for me? What can I have? What can you give to me? And Jesus says, in a world of wolves, we need to be a sheep. When everyone else is tearing people apart, we need to be the person who's willing to be torn apart. When everyone else is grabbing food off the shelves, we have to be the person that gives up our food to somebody else. When everybody else is hoarding onto their money, we have to be the ones that let go of it. When everyone else is crying for positions of power and fame and popularity, we have to be the ones that's going to be embarrassed and shunned and nothing. That's discipleship. It's anti-world, but it's pro-God. If you want to think the world is somehow going to save you, Look around, it's not doing a very good job. But there's not a single person in history who has ever relied on God who's been let down. There is not a single person who's ever said, God is my all, whoever said he wasn't enough. Ever. And it's not going to happen with you. We've got lots of married folks out there, people who are married now, people who are hoping to get married, people that have been married at one point who might, well, you're still married even if you're a widow. And if God were to come down to you and say, I tell you what, I'm going to make a deal with you. I'll give you every comfort in the world, all you want. All you have to do is leave your spouse. What's your answer going to be? Well, some of you after a few minutes of consideration. Anyways, but ultimately I hope you come to the same conclusion and say, I'll still take my spouse. Because they're my everything. Because without them, the comforts of the world don't matter. And God said, we have to get back to that attitude. If we're willing to give up the comforts of the world for a human person that loves imperfectly, why don't we do the same thing for God who loves us perfectly? Who gives us so much more? That's what it means to be a disciple. When Jesus says, follow me, he's not talking about just walking where he's going. He's saying, walk as he walks. Think as He thinks, love as He loves, give as He gives, sacrifice as He sacrifices. And when Jesus went out into the world, He brought nothing with Him but His faith and His will to do the Father's will. 
And that was enough for him. If it's enough for God, it should be enough for us. We've got to stop worrying about whether or not our bank accounts are going to survive when we get to the old. We have to stop worrying about whether or not we're going to have a meal tomorrow, or worrying whether we're going to have an extra pair of shoes. We have to stop caring if our neighbor thinks we're wonderful or somebody else thinks that we're awesome. We need to only be worried about one thing. Am I doing the life that God wants me to do? And that's it. Nothing else matters. It doesn't matter if we get hurt. It doesn't matter if we get betrayed. It doesn't matter if we get shunned. It doesn't matter if we go hungry. It doesn't matter if we're poor. None of that matters. Yes, it doesn't feel good. I'm going to be the first to admit it. When we went to a recession, I'm looking at my bank account balances and thinking, oh dear, it's not exactly like I make six figures to begin with. I'm thinking, why do I even care? In our first reading today, we have this promise of this beautiful, sumptuous land that the Israelites were promised. You know what that land was? If you look in the Old Testament, they never actually received anything that was awesome, like we hear in these prophecies. The fulfillment of the Old Testament Israelite people was what we have today. The church, the presence of God, because we have the goodness always, a land flowing with milk and honey. It's not the United States, it's the church. Because when you come here, you've always fed more than what you ever could possibly need. You're given a community of people that worship together as one people of faith, gathered together in security and goodness. That's the church. That's the promise of the Israelites. And now when Christ came, He says, I make that same promise to you, but even greater. If the Israelite people, if this was their paradise, imagine what paradise is for us. And if paradise for us is something that is so much greater we can't even fathom what it is, don't you think dealing with a little bit of nonsense in this world is worth it? Is really the comfort of the world that important that we're willing to risk union with God for eternity? Of course not. And God needs people to show the world that we don't need the things in the world to live in it still loving it, rise above it. We are up that mountain right now. We are standing in the presence of God in a special way. And we are going to be invited to come forward and not just get the word of God to receive God himself. So we can go out into the world and show the world, I've been given everything. You can't give me anything greater. If we can't live that way, how are we going to teach the world to live that way? Jesus calls us to show the world there's something so much greater than the world. We need to show them that. We can't show them that if we don't live it. So we go forth today, let's stop putting all of our concerns and things in the world. Simply ask ourselves one question. Is my life pleasing to God or not? Because your only pleasure should be in pleasing Him. Nothing.